Hey everybody, Mike St. Pierre from Techspiration. Have you ever wanted to use technology to leverage your platform and maximize your message? Well, in this cast, we're going to be talking with best-selling author Alan Wright. Before we do, a word of thanks from both Nancy and me to everyone who's left reviews on iTunes and downloaded the podcast. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate it. And now, on to the show. You're listening to Techspiration with Nancy Caramonico and Mike St. Pierre. I'm your host, Mike St. Pierre, and it's my privilege today to welcome a very special guest, Alan Wright. Alan is the Academic Dean of Evangelization at St. Paul Inside the Walls in Madison, New Jersey. He's been on Fox News, EWTN. He's the author of five books. He's got two more on the way. His most recent publication was called The Daily Companion for Young Catholics, which I have enjoyed myself and also my 14-year-old has enjoyed. It's a great gift, just in case anybody is uh, out there looking. Uh, As we like to say with Alan's books, you don't have to read them, but it is good to buy them. Amen, brother. (laughs) And Al and his beautiful wife, Desiree, are the proud parents of four young children. So, Alan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it and looking forward to the time here with you. Yes, yeah, so right now it's just a solo operation because my co-host, Nancy, she's actually stuck on a train, but she is probably either still on the train or sprinting through a train station, like in a commercial, <laughs> to get to today's show. But it's all good, and uh, we'll fill her in as soon as she gets online. So, um, Al, what, what would you like to add from that introduction? Maybe we missed something. You know, you mentioned the books, and that certainly, uh, they've opened doors for me to continue to get out there and speak. Sometimes when people refer to me as an author, it's kind of strange, because growing up, I never had a desire to write books. My best friend is Spellcheck, (laughs) and uh, even half the words that are underlined, Spellcheck has no idea what I'm writing. Uh, But I think more of myself as a speaker who likes to get out there, likes to have personal contact with people. And the books have been a way of me getting out there, and uh, thanks be to God. Because it's difficult to get published. The first one got published uh, after a number of other people said no, very kindly. And then, you know, it's been a progression. And then, uh, you know, the last three it will be, uh, The Daily Companion for Young Catholics, another one called Marriage Day by Day, which is similar. And uh, working on another one from Ave Maria Press. Uh, working title is uh, Contemplating the Questions of Jesus. But these publishers have come to me. So I think, you know, the hard work early on of getting out there is, uh, has paid off in these books, which for me, writing does come quite naturally and easy. I don't think I'm a, a great technical writer, but I think I do have some good ideas, so good angles. Al, I know you're a fan of Apple products, and you know Walter Isaacson's uh, biography of Steve Jobs is pretty famous. I, I'm not sure if any publishers have approached you about doing my biography. <laughs> well, when not they yet. do, I got the good. It'll be called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> Ex-savvy Michael St. Pierre. <laughs> All right. So maybe too soon. Maybe too soon. <laughs> Al, what's your advice for young authors or, or aspiring authors? You know, it's funny because I just had a former student contact me the other day, asked me to look over a contract. And about a year ago, we were going back and forth because he sort of, I think, wanted to write his life story. And he's probably about 40 years old. But this guy hustles more than anybody I know. He's clean-shaven head, but he calls himself the salon guy. He markets his brand. And I think advice is to, number one, if you want to write, you got to read. Read a lot. Read good material, different sources. And, uh, you know, just start writing. Uh, If you're going to write, the author is going to want, ultimately, 
four or 500 words a day for three or four months. So typical book I write, if I have the, you know, Jesus the Evangelist right here, and it's uh, yeah, about 160 pages, that's about 40, 45,000 words. You know, just to, to write what your, your passion is, to get out there, just write, and then, you know, look at it later, make some corrections. Uh, again, what is your, your area of specialty? Again, in terms of grammatical things, I send everything I write uh, to my sister-in-law, who uh, loves me but can be brutal and say, no, this is good. Because everything I write, I think is great. And here I am in my basement. Then after a while, the thought comes, well, just because I like my own words doesn't mean everybody else is. So my advice would be to, to read and also just to, to write. Start getting some ideas and flows. And again, this young man that I gave advice to, they wanted him to write, you know, uh, probably about 100,000 words in the contract. And I said, Steve, I said, this is, you know, I don't think this is natural to you. This is your first one. You may, may cut back a little shorter piece. Uh, again, try to get published with some articles first, get your name out there. So I think the publishers, in my case, uh, you know, one page cover letter, but then a couple other cover letters, or a couple other pages of, hey, this is uh, my Facebook account. My books have Facebook. My, I got a Twitter account. I have, a, you know, Pinterest. I'm out there speaking. I have, you know, business cards. I have postcards. So I'm personally invested. And nobody should love your work more than yourself. So I think some authors have an idea that, you know what, I've written the book and then it goes to the publisher six, eight months later, it gets, you know, but in their minds, they're done. You know, writing the book for me, that's about 10% of it. 90%, okay, six weeks before it's published. Who do I contact? Who are the local newspapers and sort of, sort of have these concentric circles and who can help me to, you know, to promote, to get the word out. So as someone who writes, uh, you know, Catholic books, you don't want your ego to get in the way, hey, it's all about me. You can say, hey, I am promoting the gospel. But you know what? Nobody should love your work. And if you believe that it's going to, you know, whether it's for helping animals or, you know, looking good with the salon guy. Yeah, or I can relate Jesus to that. Evangelist, you you got to get out there and have other people to help support you as well. I love what you said about, you know, you've got to be a reader. And uh, there's a quote that we use at school, you know, the best leaders are the best readers and you've got to be balancing as much talking with great input as well so you know give us a look behind the curtain as as to your life what do you read on a daily basis or weekly basis that gives you kind of that fresh batch of ideas you know what was really because a lot of the books i do write are uh obviously from a catholic point of view you know what's new about the gospel or about Jesus Christ. You, know, you look in the libraries and there are thousands of books about that one man that Christians believe is God. So for myself, it's you know, even looking at things from a different point of view. So both you know, religious writers or nowadays really it's newspapers are really on the way out. So going with it through Facebook articles or you know, obviously look at your stuff, uh, different blogs, things that come up different media outlets, you know, what is that unique angle? And I think I'm a pretty normal 50-year-old guy, so if something strikes me, I got to believe of the 300 million other Americans, there's going to be, you know, 20% of them or maybe 10% that's going to say, wow, that's pretty neat as well. So it's like getting that angle. So even my first book, The Silent Witnesses in the Gospels. You know, I'm excited if I make the parish bulletin, I'll put it up on the fridge and, you know, uh, about two days later, my wife takes it down. But, uh, you know, who are those people that make a difference without saying a word? 
Now, who's written about their story? So I try to find that unique angle. Again, if you want to get bigger and stronger, you go to the gym and find the biggest, strongest guy. So if you hear, you know, you find someone that you respect. Actually, this evening, I'm picking up my father, Emmerich Vogt. Uh, spent about 10 years with Mother Teresa. Uh, he's a guru on all the 12-step literature. So I'm going to have some time with him this weekend. Hey, what does he read? You know, who's interesting him? And, you know, sometimes when you read other books, you get an idea of who their influences are. You start maybe picking up some of that. And, you know, as a, as a husband uh, to a wonderful wife with four children, my time is, uh, you know, valuable. But as I say, if you want something done, find a busy person because you make that time each day to whether it's to pray or to read, to sort of, you know, get those ideas flowing. So. I love that uh, that idea of kind of looking for an idea or like a unique angle. Uh, one of the things that I think you are so good at is weaving in sports metaphors or Jersey diners or, you know, <laughs> into your talks and into your writing. Can you speak to the idea of integrating these ordinary things of life with our faith? Yeah. You know, thanks for saying that. It's just with this last publisher, uh, that's one of the words of advice she had. She said, you know what, we want to hear, the only, she only gave me a couple of guiding points, but they were, I think they were huge for me. But she said, you know what, I read a couple of the other books. You're a great storyteller. And to have an editor hear that, because I, I think I'm a decent storyteller because I'm speaking a lot. But you know what, we want to hear more of your own voice. And sometimes on my personal Facebook page, I'll put funny stories or I'll be thinking of things there. And sometimes, usually they don't, translate into to books because they're dealing with matters of faith or doubt or how do we, uh, you know, share the good news. But you know what? To be, have to, to be encouraged, to have the freedom, it has something that I do that I enjoy. Other people, you know, like it and can be a little sense of humor. But again, sports is huge. You know, having a, a, a diner and ever find yourself watching maybe late night TV and I'm like watching the Discovery Channel and I'm like riveted to this one guy talking about like the dung beetle. And what do I care about the dung beetle? Nothing. But this guy is like so passionate about it. And like, you know what? If you, if you do have a passion about things outside of maybe the normal scope, you know what? People, I think, are going to find them interesting as well. So that's sort of uh, trying to do that. I sometimes in the early on in my writing, I sort of thought of myself as getting away with something. Like, hey, I snuck in a reference to a diner. Or I snuck in a you know, reference to the New York Rangers or something like that. So it's, uh, it's fun to be able to have the freedom to do that. For at the end of today's uh, podcast, we'll make sure we give everybody your contact information. But you are, without a doubt, the funniest person on Facebook. <laughs> um, I don't know how you come up with these ideas, these like posed shots. They're they're hysterical, but I think it sort of speaks to this idea that this this habit that you've been good at developing. You know, an attitude of wonder, an attitude of preparedness that. Every moment has the possibility to become a story, and it might only be like a silly picture, or it might be something that you can use in a talk. But um, yeah, you are you're great at that, and uh, <laughs> it's very funny. We're talking with best-selling author Alan Wright, the academic dean of evangelization at St. Paul inside the walls in Madison. Alan has been on Fox News, EWTN. He's the successful author of five books. He's got two more on the way. So as you can tell, Alan is really a prolific writer. Um, Al, I'd like to just touch on uh, this issue for a minute of your platform. And uh, you mentioned you, 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 do, uh, you can be found on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and other places. 
what difference does it make, you know, all these different aspects of technology? What difference does it make in terms of your platform? Yeah, that's a great question. In, in addition to New Jersey diners and arrangers, one thing that I do like, and I probably inherited it from my father, is a, a love of sort of old-timey music. And I got right over here a 1926 Victrola that I in, uh, inherited from my dad when he passed. And also, I don't have the, the gramophone, but I got, you know, the... Like the Edison wax discs that were, you know, first created in 1889, and the original purpose that Edison created these things was was for the spoken word, and yet hardly anybody used it for that. But then what? Immediately, music, entertainment, and then cabinet makers, and you know, the phonograph became something of furniture in the house. So again, this technology in the last 120 years certainly it has progressed. And so for myself, when I guess when I was teaching in high school, we became sort of a laptop school, and that's sort of a two- or three-year trial, so kids, certain kids had laptops. And it was right around that time, a couple years into it, that I had written my first book and wanted to get out there uh, to speak a little bit, so grow locally, and then hey, develop a web page. And for my own, it's more of a you know informational uh, web page where I sort of, it's a little bit of a brag sheet, I guess, of some of the, the pictures and images of you know, just because of the, the nature of my job, we've had cardinals and bishops and famous speakers come to St. Paul. So sometimes that sort of adds to your own credibility uh, that, hey, this person here, and but again, regular uh, people as well, and just my family. I think that's all added to my platform as well, because not only do I have some, you know, scriptural knowledge and written some books, but average family of four, we got the World Council of Families coming up. I've contacted a couple people at Fox, hey, you're going to have some priests that know about uh, Pope Francis. Hey, I'm a regular guy who sort of knows that world, but I know what it is to live in a family with challenges, with struggles, with, uh, you know, a perfect wife, an imperfect husband, <laughs> and, you know, you know, small children, and what are the challenges? So I think the, the platform maybe reaches different audiences. So my, I would say my base is really my webpage. Uh, I'm waiting for some professional pictures that were taken at this award ceremony a couple days ago at Seton Hall to maybe update that, uh, but just to, to get out there so people can get a first look. And, you know, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook for some of my uh, books. You know, again, it's difficult to juggle all of them and do it well, uh, but just to have that presence out there. It's almost like, you know, casting the net and, you know, some people are going to come through through the, the Twitter. Some people might come through through the LinkedIn uh, which really I do try to keep professional. I don't have any really goofy stuff there like I do on Facebook. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I probably have 25 priests that are friends on Facebook, probably seven or eight editors. And I think when they see that, hey, here's a regular guy that has this ability uh, to make people laugh, even just through a picture, but uh, but also to write as well. So I, I try to maximize my reach through those different, uh, you know, technological means that we have available to us. So. Well, and that's what technology lets us do, maximize our reach. And uh, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, he talks about expanding your message by being everywhere. And you, you are everywhere. You're using every one of these different uh, embassies to bring people back to your books, your website, um, the work you're doing. I think that um, one thing you talked about, which I think is great, is people can relate to you. And um, because you don't project this image of the, you know, the perfect person, you project an image of a regular person who's motivated by extraordinary things, uh, God specifically. And uh, I think people sort of are captivated by it. And I think that's 
just the, you know my opinion here, but I think it's a piece of why now publishers are coming to you on an annual basis mm-hmm. to write. Um, Al, kind of pivoting a little bit to, you know, you and I are both in, involved in the church world. Um, what are you seeing? I know that St. Paul Inside the Walls hosted the Digital Church Conference. Um, what are you seeing that uh, churches are doing well in terms of technology? And what's your advice to the church related to technology? You know, at this point, even in the Diocese of Patterson, that has about 110 parishes, a number of Catholic schools, elementary schools, high schools, other institutions. I'd probably say at this point, maybe about a third of them are doing something. And of those third, maybe half of them are doing something really well. We need to be there. You know, I was asked to give a conference in February, and part of it, they were taking me out to dinner, uh, and my wife got, had to stay home, so hey, I'm going out to the, say, the Shangri-La. What do I do? Go to Google and just, you know, what? hey, what's the menu? It's our first look. What does a restaurant look like? What can I get? The church is an easy way to be present uh, in our society. Young adults, 86% of whom who've been baptized and confirmed, uh, no longer participate in a parish. If they were, perhaps they're not going to go directly to St. Mary's and set up a meeting, but they're going to say, okay, what are some of the parishes in Morris County, in Madison, New Jersey, in Baston Ridge, and wherever it may be? And let me just take a first look at their at the webpage. Is it welcoming? Is there a sign that says, hey, you know, you've been away for a while? No problem. Hey, we're glad that you're coming back. So I see probably about a third of the parishes making an effort, and even a poor effort is a good effort. I applaud you, right? You're, you're, you're out there, you're trying to, you're learning by maybe success and failure. At this point, it's so easy to get involved that there's really no excuse to have something that's poor uh, out there to show the public. So I'd almost say better do nothing than something horrible. You know what? I'm trying to get young adults inv- involved in the church. Well, every young adult is sitting around like this, right? Because they're glued to technology. It's part of their life. Hey, ask five or six that are coming to Mass. Hey, we need your help, right? Jesus asked for help. Servers at Cana, those guys that filled up the water. Hey, I need your help. You guys, move the stone for Lazarus. I need your help. So how can parishes and pastors use the tools that are second nature to so many of our young adults, high school kids, right? And I have a, I guess my oldest is 11 years old, and there's a problem with the computer. Hey, honey, can you come out and look at this first, right? Because before I try to have a go at it, and they can figure it out like that. So the church needs to be there, that presence through Facebook, through Twitter. Everything can happen through the phone. So I also run the Facebook page for St. Paul Inside the Walls. I would say 90% of what I do is, uh, you know, on the phone. Here's a picture of a flyer. Here's an event. Here's a person. Let's get out there. Let's, get, let's market this great message that we have. So my advice to, to, uh, to pastors or to, to parishes is gather some young people, look at what you use already. You know, why do you like Google? Well, it's one click. Google pretty much does one thing. You know, if you have to find, if you have to click through eight things to find somebody on the webpage, you're going to lose them. I don't have the patience. You see that video come up on Facebook, and I know how much you like cats, Mike. I'm just kidding. You know, have a cute cat, you know, if it's over... 30 seconds, I don't have the time. You know, I can waste some time on the internet, but. And it's at this point in the podcast when Nancy actually joins us. So I'm now going to bring her in on our podcast with special guest, Alan Wright. 
We're back after the break, and you're listening to Techspiration with Nancy Caramonico and Mike St. Pierre. Our guest this week is Alan Wright, Academic Dean of Evangelization at St. Paul Inside the Walls. And it's great that we're back from break because Nancy has freed herself from the Philadelphia Transit System, and she's joining us uh, along with Alan. So, Nancy, hope everything's a little bit better. Yes, it's everything's fantastic. Thank you very much, Alan. I, I just told Mike. I said I'm really looking forward to to listening to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> feel terrible that I wasn't here for it at the start, and um, just really was so fascinated by, you know, reading your profile and reading all about your work. And so I'm just very um, honored to to be able to get to talk to you more about it. Great, great, great. So we were just talking about, you know, what Alan, what you've been seeing in the church world and, and how they might, you know, get their message out. I, I took home our uh, local church bulletin this past weekend and I said, I- I'm going to do something kind of geeky here. And I circled every word or phrase that I thought was kind of like church speak, you yep. know, like enrollment, motives, um, votive candles, you know, intentions, um, you know, registering for the parish, just things that the ordinary people just don't talk like that, right? And so, Al, I'm wondering, do you feel like the church needs to be aware or more um, cognizant of its vocabulary if it wants to be reaching out to other people? You know, Bishop Serratelli says that evangelization is not uh, one thing among many, that the church does. That evangelization is the only thing the church does. So mm. the purpose for the bulletin, who is the audience? You know, if it's for the average now, what, 60 plus year old person that goes to mass, maybe those words are there. But if you use words other than God, Jesus, Bible, and church, most young people have no idea what you're talking about. And so even the word evangelization is a word that I don't use, and yet that's pretty much what my life is in terms of my, you know, working life and personal life, sharing the good news, because that's a word that's just going to go over the top of people's heads. So I think it's a good, good, maybe uh, demonstration. Go down to your, your supermarket and go to the cereal aisle and just look at the, you know, the box covers because they tell a story. You know, there's one of them that just has a bowl of milk and the little flakes or whatever in the shape of a heart. That's all you need to know. This is a healthy cereal. It's good for you. So what are they trying to communicate? Because they got one shot. Or that commercial got about five seconds before you turn the clicker. You know, the image, the music, the sound, the, the people that are there, they're all there to communicate a message. As a parish, are we on the same page as communicating? What's our message? And sometimes it's just sort of a, a mishmash. And maybe the bulletin is for those who are attending Mass, and that's fine. But how about the, the parish website? Or the parish Facebook page, you know, is there, do we spend time and energy uh, if it's important? And often when we look at a parish budget, you know, we say evangelization is important, but we got one person maybe part-time doing evangelization and we're paying, you know, 10 times the amount on gardening. So are we, you know, more concerned with maintenance than we are with mission? So that's something that the parish needs to, through the leadership of a pastor, take a look at, you know, where are we expending our resources Who's our target audience? For the church, it can be, you know, everybody. But how about for those who are specifically seeking God or those who have some spiritual curiosity? You know, we have the Pope coming to our, you know, land in, what, end of September? End of September. (laughs) going to be Pope 24-7. How can we take advantage of that? You know, certainly Catholics will be interested, 
How about those on the fringes? You know, what is a pope? Why the white garment? You know, what do Catholics believe about this man? And maybe others don't in terms of authority or papal infallibility. Can this be an opportunity to maybe look at some of those words or, or to teach Catholics you know, how to maybe reach out to others? So some great opportunities out there. Uh, but even the bulletin, you know, we're in a digital age. Uh, so how can we connect with those people through text messages and in not intrusive ways, but in ways that can get our message out and be welcoming and inviting? I love that. You know, God, Jesus, Bible, church, so simple. But I think your words sort of challenge us. Look, if our church speak is more common or stronger than our desire to reach unchurched people, that's a problem. I, you know, I think of the phrases, keep it real. Stay relatable. Keep it simple. Um, uh, just as we kind of wrap up uh, this this week's cast, Al, um, I'm wondering. You work with a lot of young people. You know, I know a lot of a lot of people on staff there at St. Paul Inside the Walls are in their 20s and 30s. And uh, as somebody who's past the 40 mark, that seems really young to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's been a lot uh, a lot written lately about millennials. And how um, you know they perceive organized religion perhaps differently than prior generations, and that their values um, uh, they still have a, a spiritual hunger, but their sense of being in a parish or you know in even in, even in a denomination has really faded. It's a, just a much thinner level of commitment than in previous generations. I'd uh, love to know your thoughts, Al, in terms of millennials, what they're really like, and what you think is effective for getting them involved in their faith. Great. And even nowadays, 20% of people are what they call what? Nuns. Not in religious habits, but people that have absolutely no religious upbringing or foundation at all. So we can circle the wagons. We can say, you know what? They're going to hell. I'm glad we're not. Or we can say, you know what? What an opportunity to reach out. You know, the gospel writers, maybe if I was to say quickly, the gospel of John, he only had so much paper, right? And he said half of it is going to be the last week of Jesus's life. The first half, he has Jesus. What's important to St. John? John chapter three, Jesus with Nicodemus. John chapter four, woman at the well. John chapter five, a sick man at the pool. John chapter eight, a woman caught in adultery. John chapter nine, a man born blind. John chapter 11, Lazarus. One at a time. So this technology can be wonderful to invite, to welcome, but evangelization must be embodied. It comes through that smile, that joy, that invitation. And you don't have to be an expert in the catechism of the Bible, but we should be an expert in how God has broken into our life and be able to share that story. No more than three minutes. You know, it's a sin to bore people with the gospel, as they say in Young Life. But to be able to say, hey, this is what God has done for me you know what, maybe you can interpret the Bible this way, or I don't know too much about the Middle Ages and church history, but let me tell you how God has broken into my life. And that's what sort of gains people attention. And so by building relationships, having some barbecues, having people come in to get to know us, maybe down the road, you know, we can invite them. But just being authentic in our witness, that's the key thing. And Pope Paul VI said, people are more impressed by witnesses than they are by teachers. And if they listen to teachers, it's also because they bear witness. So being who we are, being joyful, having conversations, and people will be curious about what do we have. So hopefully it's that opportunity to share who Christ is for us. Hey, Al, before we sign off and give everybody you know, your credentials of, of where they can find you online, um, Nancy just wanted to give you a, a chance to kind of pop in and uh, if you had a question or just kind of an observation from what Al's been saying. Yeah, um, I, I think it's, it's really 
so wonderful to hear your perspectives and how you're sharing that with everybody today. I'm I'm wondering, just reading everything on your site, how you have time to write like you do. I mean, it's just uh, such a nice collection of things um, and offerings for people. Um, but I'm just wondering, uh, you know, when you talk about witness and and using in the digital age, reaching out to young people. Um, is there an example that comes to mind when you think about how either parishes or schools are, are doing a really good job of reaching out to young people today in the digital age? Yeah, no, I think we're all trying. Uh, those who are in the game are certainly trying. Uh, again, this digital church conference that we had at St. Paul's really did open up a lot of uh minds and people saying, you know what, there's work that needs to be done. When you think of the, you know, what, 1.2 billion people that are on Facebook, and that even now is for the younger generation, it's more Pinterest, Instagram images. You know, if I put Mm -hmm. a a little Bible quote on my Facebook page at St. Paul's, you get maybe seven or eight likes, right? You put a picture with that, it triples. So the the image reaching out, uh, one of the famous, one of the what favorite pictures of the previous administrator at St. Paul's was him as a priest with all these six or seven young adults and they were huddled arm in arm like a football huddle. And that was his favorite picture. We had an outside group come in and say, that's the worst possible picture you could use because you're communicating. We're a closed group. We don't see any faces. So even if something, something like that, that now when we put pictures up or on a webpage, we always make sure that people are looking. Uh, people are happy, smiling. It just communicates the joy mm-hmm. that we really do experience. So things like that. I, I think often we, as Catholics or Christians, we're against the world, oh, Hollywood, TV. A lot of junk out there, I agree. But we can learn an awful lot about how, how they market a product or gum or soda. You know what? Can we do mm-hmm. a better job marketing the greatest news ever than they spend on, on chewing gum? or cereal, or double chocolate Milano cookies, Pepperidge Farm. Ah, they're good. They are good. Anyway, <laughs> I got to say, I asked my daughter the other day, I said, and I used to ask my high school students, I said to my daughter, name, uh, name as many soft drinks as you can. Coke, Diet Coke, Pepsi. She came up with about 11. I said, honey, name books of the New Testament. <laughs> and I, you know, and she came up with maybe about nine. <laughs> Again, as a parent, who's doing a better job? I don't blame the Catholic school. I say, you know what? I need to do a better job. You know, I used to do my high school kids, name as many beers as you can. And these are freshmen in high school. And they would, oh, Mr. Oh, we love this beer, that beer, and all these beers. And I just mark it on the board. Okay, now name books of the Bible, the whole thing. And they'd come up with like, you know, like eight. So it's just <laughs> like, who's doing a better job of marketing and getting the image out there and over-communicating a couple simple things. So, again, whether it's, you know, if I name, you know, Coke, Burger King, they're, they're all out there, but they keep on repeating. We need to repeat as well our invitation, our welcome, joy. These are things that resonate, I think, with people. And, you know, the phone, the technology, the computer, podcast, you know, it can get out there. And so uh, I think that's the job of the church as well a way to spread the news and spread the good news through the digital technology that's available to, to us. Hey, Al, what's the best way to uh, get in touch with you? you you've, 
you know, just shared so many great ideas with us today. And I know that people are going to be interested in listening to the podcast. And we're certainly going to put all of your information and contact uh, information in our show notes. But what's the best way for folks to reach you? You know, I think if they just go to my webpage, it's www.allenwright.org, A-L-L-A-N-W-R-I-G-H-T.org. And they got my email through there, alan at allenwright.org. And uh, many ways to get in touch with me. Be more than happy to to work with people as well and just to, to share ideas because what's working in northern New Jersey may not work in West Texas or Minnesota. So just knowing, being a student of our own culture, uh, and that's in the northern New Jersey area, you know, sometimes sharing ideas or hearing what works with others is I'm all open for that. So uh, anyone feel free to do that. Or even I'm on Facebook at Alan F. Wright and Twitter AFW at St. Paul. And I encourage them to look at your site to, uh, to get this information. Hey, Al, thank you so much for being our guest today. And we hope that we get to interview you again sometime in a future show. Anytime. And Nancy, thank you. I hope the Philadelphia Transit is better. I hope they improve, <laughs> by, the, hope they improve by the time Pope Francis gets here. And Mike, it's what a pleasure and what an easy way to, to have this interview for the comfort of my own home. So thanks a lot for having me. No uh, problem. Thank you so much, Alan. You're Alrighty. an inspiration. Take care. Bye-bye. So I don't know about you, but I thought that was just a great conversation between me, Alan, and Nancy. Again, if you want to reach Alan, be sure to check out his website, alanwright.org. And you can always go to mikesampierre.com, click on podcast, and you will see this episode of Techspiration. One final note, please be sure to download Techspiration in iTunes. And of course, we do love four and five star ratings. Till next time, take care.